Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. I've talked to a number of families lately who are homeschooling one child. In fact, according to statistics released in 2023, about 19% of families who choose to homeschool are doing so with just one child. So there are actually a significant number of families who are in this situation. So I'm excited to welcome Terry McKee to the program today. Terry actually has a ministry called Homeschooling One Child, and she's going to share a lot of insight and tips with us today about homeschooling, discipleship, and parenting, taking particular care to give helps to those who are doing so with one child. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great show. Before we dive in, though, I want to invite you to our upcoming Homeschooling Parent Summit in Cartersville, Georgia. This one-day event will take place on Saturday, September 23rd, and features a great lineup of speakers and workshops to help you become more equipped and confident in your mission as a Christian homeschooling parent. You can get more details and secure your ticket today at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events. We'll be right back after this break to welcome Terry McKee to the podcast. So stay tuned. Terry, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you, Leslie. It's great to be here. Well, I am, uh, we, were, we were talking before, I'm so excited that that the Lord has given you the insight and, and kind of the experience that he has, because I would imagine when you started, there weren't 19% probably of families that were homeschooling with one child. No, exactly. When I started homeschooling my daughter, I was looking for resources and I could not find anything of worth that was targeted to, you know, one child. Everything was, you know, you had to have 15 children and a 15 passenger van and, and <laughs> homestead goats and stuff like this. And so I decided I would create my own resources and my own, you know, and I used that as a ministry jumping off point to help others because it, you know, there are people who, for whatever reason, homeschool just one. Some, as I learned it, teach them diligently this year, that there are some that homeschool a special needs child and other children go to public school or they just, they have an only child. So they just homeschool that one. So there's a lot of different reasons and a variety of different circumstances of why a family would homeschool just one child. Yeah. And it's amazing to me how that group has grown. It's exciting, actually, because it just shows how God is leading families of all types right now. And right. And, and that is, that's a really, really great thing. I would imagine, though, that the dynamic is really quite different when you're, you know, I had four children that I was homeschooling at once to when you are focusing on one. How, what are some of those dynamics that are different between the two? Sure. You are, as a parent, you're the parent, you're the teacher, and you're the fellow student. So you have that all those dynamics. You know, your, your child expects you to sit beside you and 
do your work along with theirs and help them. There's a competitiveness, you know, within, we were talking earlier, when you homeschool multiple children, there's competitiveness of, oh, I could do my math faster than you can, or, you know, getting through to the next thing. And with, when you have one, you don't have that, that competitiveness is still there, but you just don't have anyone to compete with. And so you have to like, what I do is I do my work, my blogging, et cetera, along with her right beside her, the dining room table. And I say, look, I have to write this blog. You have, and I'll be done in about 15 minutes. You have 15 minutes to write that essay. Huh. And so we'll build off each other and encourage one another. And I'll get her to read my blogs for accuracy. And it's really a test for her to just make sure she understands what things are and you right. know, grammar and all that. And then I'll read her things. And so it's um it's a good win win because I get a little free editor and <laughs> live in editor and she'll tell me, you know, that doesn't make any sense or that I don't like that because you mentioned me in it. And I'm like, well, too bad because you are the homeschooling <laughs> one child. You're you're my mascot. And so the competitiveness, you know, leads into playing board games together as a family. And even though we just have one at home now, we have actually four children. I don't know if you knew that, but yep. the oldest three are moved out, you know, they're out of the house. So I just have the one. So now I've, I have the smallest bedroom as my office now, thank God. And, <laughs> <laughs> but the competitiveness helps when you're homeschooling in a mm -hmm. myriad of different ways because life is competitive. And so right. when you, compete with your child on doing your work and their work, it helps them understand that, you know, you cannot take all day long to do your algebra worksheet. Right. You just can't. And you have yep. to get, keep going at it. But competitiveness is one thing. The biggest thing with homeschooling one child is that S word, you know, is socialization. That's the biggest thing even though I hate that word because you socialize dogs, you don't socialize children. Good. But this is why co-ops are so vitally important and getting around other children, not of the same age. I think that's, yeah. that's very important to understand that like my daughter, she can, she's very social, very social but she can have a conversation with a tree and be all right. But, <laughs> you know, but she has friends of different ages and she learns how to get along with other people of different ages, different socioeconomic backgrounds, et cetera, because of homeschooling. And, you know, life is not, you know, when we go through life, when we go to the, when we go to the grocery store, this is actually funny. You know, they don't have, okay. From eight till nine in the morning, only ages 40 through 50 can shop. You know, they don't do that. Right. You know, so we don't have a population, what's the word? Um, we just, we don't have that kind of 
stagnant population at different times? Well, they don't aggregate culturally. There's the word. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was the one you were searching for. <laughs> no, I'm like, hope I'm a writer. I should know this. But, you know, they don't do that. And so, like, my daughter learns so much from other people of varying age. Younger, she learns how to take care of them and lead them. And then she learns how to follow from older people, older kids. And she gets that from co-ops. You know, I've heard recently, I was helping this one person down in Teach Them Diligently's area of Greenville, South Carolina. I was helping them get started homeschooling. And because they were homeschooling one child. And that's what I do. I help people who are navigating this road. And she would say, well, I don't want my kid involved in a co-op. I was like, why not? Why not? And she said, um, I don't want them exposed to germs. I'm like, dude, you go to Walmart, you get exposed to germs. That's right. You know, you, you go to life, you go do life, you get exposed to germs, you know, and it's just unbelievable that whole mindset. Be, but doing co-ops, doing play dates, go to the park, you know, don't go to the park on Fridays. We've learned this. Don't do field trips on Fridays because every public school in the nation is do, they're doing their field trips and their park days on Fridays. Okay. And we've learned that the hard way. And Laura and I were at a museum, a science museum, and uh, on a Friday, and this public school was like widening their children through the exhibits. And, and Laura was like, they don't even, she said loudly, I might add. Oh, nice. Of course she did. They don't even give these children, yeah, they don't even give these children time to look at the alligators. What was their problem? Wow. And I was like, time to go. <laughs> yep. So now we do field trips on Thursdays. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to double back. You said something a minute ago, really just kind of in passing, but I, I want to double back to this because sure. you were talking about how you do your work sitting at the table. You're kind of working side by side. And we have a lot of moms through Teach Them Diligently who are working. And this is kind of an aside. I know it's it's really important with one child, but actually what you said and the principles of what you said works no matter how many children you have. So- what have you found as the benefit of trying to combine your work time, that those tasks that you're doing with education, with, you know, kind of right there in the same time frame, and then getting them involved in that way? Hold that thought. We will be right back after a short break. Well, one, my daughter sees that I'm working that I am contributing to the family and that I'm not just sitting there waiting for her to re- waiting to grade a paper, but I'm working with her. It's important. You know, I've, I'm always saying the word important to her. Like this is important that I do this. And I'm also along beside her in case she has questions, needs a little assistance, needs a little redirection need some guidance. Maybe she has a question about something and I can answer it right then, right there. Now, if I have to do like a podcast or a 
recording or something, I'll go in my office and yes. I'll tell her, you do your work. It'll be fine. I have 30 minutes. Right. And she's, she's great about giving me that time. But with parents who work and homeschool, you know, if you don't segregate your time, unless you absolutely have to, you know, maybe you have set hours, but if you don't segregate your time and you're right there at the dining room table with your laptop and sitting beside your child or across the way from your child and work, you're doing your work, they're doing theirs. Then when the work is done for both homeschool and work, then you have time together, which is what homeschooling is about. You know, it's about being together, doing life together. Homeschooling is, doesn't end at a certain time. You know, some people think, oh, I homeschool from eight in the morning to noon and then that's it. I'm like, no, no, baking a cake or doing dinner together, that's homeschool. Yep. You know, we, we have chickens. It's, it's a thing. But, <laughs> you know, and that's homeschool. You know, yeah. learning about, we had, um, we actually had a, an egg hatch and that was a, like a 28 day science experiment. Yep. And it was pretty awesome, you know, and my daughter hated the rooster that, that had that fertilized that egg and the rooster unfortunately died. But, um, she called, um, this is just an aside. It's funny. She always wanted to make the rooster into chicken nuggets, right? Oh, she dear. Hated- <laughs> and so she named his daughter Nugget. Nice. <laughs> so Nice, nice. You know, in homeschooling, you have to keep your sense of humor. You know, that's yeah. the thing. Whether you're homeschooling one, working from home, or homeschooling 15, you know, yep. you have to keep your sense of humor. Yeah. Well, not just that, but I think, too, that it's important to recognize that whether you're homeschooling one, four, 15, whatever, that your mission is still the same, that you are still called to go for the hearts of those children, to prepare them well for whatever God has for them in the days ahead. So no matter how many children you're actually you know, focused on in that way, the mission is the same among all of us. And so- The principles that the application may look a little different because you are you are focused on one instead of four or whatever right. at a time. But but the principles, the underlying foundational reason that you do what you do is the same across the board. Yes. You know, Deuteronomy six says that, you know, it says you shall teach them diligently to your children these precepts of loving the Lord with your all your heart, your soul, and your might. And that means, that heart, soul, and might means to teach discipleship, Christian discipleship to the whole child. Right. You know, everything, the, the heart, the mind, the, you know, the, the might or the strength, the physical. We forget that even we're supposed to love the Lord with our bodies too. Right. And that means you know, treated it like the temple it is. And that's how we love the Lord with our might. So cre- homeschool allows us to teach the whole child, not just, you know, not just academics, not just algebra, which my daughter would say, Woo-hoo! but 
<laughs> just like the whole thing, everything. Yeah. And we start with, you know, the Bible. We start, we start our day. We watch World Watch News in the morning as we eat our uh-huh. breakfast. And then we read the Bible and then we go do chores and then we start academics. And it's at yep. that point that I start my work as a blogger, as a content creator, and she starts her academic work. Right. And we take breaks because we have to. You know, if she gets a little squirrely because of her ADHD, I tell her, go run around the house and for um, absolutely you know, and get all those wriggles out. But it it works. And, mm-hmm. you know, we take field trips and we take going to conventions like Teach Them Diligently is great for her. She always goes because she learns how to um, she learns entrepreneurship and she learns how to talk to people. And she will talk someone's ear off about the beauty of being homeschooled just one. Yes. And she'll say, you know, I don't have anybody else kicking me under the table. And I'm like, <laughs> that's your that's your big takeaway is that you don't have a child another child kicking you under the table. The number one benefit right there. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that that's beautiful. <laughs> Where's the knife of a child right there? That's right. <laughs> Well, I have, yeah, and I, as you were talking, and it's, it's, I love the fact that the principles are the same, no matter, you know, how we're going at it. But yes, practically, I would imagine that at this point in time, with homeschooling having grown as much as it has, where I feel like for a lot of us, the, the questions aren't, aren't quite as intense as they were when homeschooling was, was unknown, was, you right. know, much more of a fringe type movement. However, yes. I would also imagine that if you're homeschooling one child, that you're actually probably getting a lot more of those questions from well-meaning, loving family members and friends and stuff like, what are you doing to this poor kid keeping him isolated all the time? How do right. you deal with those questions and how do you lovingly share the mission of what you're doing with those people who are asking. Right. I get the, um, my child gets quizzed a lot. Oh yeah, I'm sure. No, like how much is this and with this huge algebra question or what's, what's this history question? Or they'll ask her people in the grocery store of all places. If we go to the grocery store you know, during school hours, I've had this, um, it's usually always older crotchety gentlemen asking, (laughs) you know, are you sick? Why aren't you in school? And, um, my daughter will say I'm homeschooled and he'll say, he said, this literally happened. He said, well, aren't you mad that you're not around other kids all day long? How do you learn how to talk to people? And wow. Laura said, um, she didn't miss a beat. And she just said, well, I'm standing here talking to you. <laughs> she's vicious. I tell you, my daughter is fierce. She has, she has such a self-confidence that she did not have when she was in public school. She was pu- in public school from half of kindergarten to second grade. And okay. she was bullied and made fun of. Because she has dyslexia and 
she has ADHD and chronic migraines. And it was such a horrible experience that that's why we decided to go back. We homeschooled her for half of kindergarten. Then my husband was injured. And we just decided to put her in public school at that point, thinking life is just going to be too hard with Greg's injuries and all this. But when life normalized, which I laugh at that because I have yet to fully normalize, we we took her out. We homeschooled her. And she has such a self-confidence now because she's the only child that I'm schooling. And she she doesn't have that. I mean, competition is good. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes yeah. when you're competing against 30 other kids, it's not that great. Right, right. But she she has this confidence now where she can talk to a total stranger and say, I'm talking to you, dude, you know, and calling this 70-year-old man dude. And I, I don't know. I, I could never do that myself, but she doesn't hesitate. And, you know, she could go to teach them diligently and talk to people and talk to other kids about homeschooling. And she gets it on the kids' level. So she just has, um, and she has such a love for the Lord that my other three did not have and do not have much to my pain. But she has such a love for the Lord because Bible is the most important subject we teach. And we use, we use the Bible as the main curriculum for Bible. But this year we are, we're also using Israel Wayne's Apologetics book too. Oh, the his new foundations, new foundations book. So wonderful too. And I'm teaching that in a co-op actually too. Okay. So it's it's going to be intense. I've told her eighth grade is going to be intense. It's going to be incredible. She was like, "Bring it, let's do this." Yeah. So very good. Teaching you know homeschooling one child. It's growing. Not my blog, it is growing, but the movement of homeschooling one child is growing, but it's not something to be scared about or scared of. It's, you know, you just have to um, be a student yourself and learn about things with your child that you always wanted to learn in school, but never got the opportunity to do. You know, we, I never learned about South America in school. I never learned about like India or China in school or Africa. So we're taking time to learn about those, those places. And so she'll be a much more well-rounded history buff than I was. Yeah, absolutely. Homeschooling gives us that opportunity. Yeah. And that's such a cool element of homeschooling just across the board. Yes, it is. I found that I learned so, so much at a time when I knew how cool it was that I was learning all of this rather than, you know, when it seemed drudgery when I was younger. So, and that, that excitement that you have as mom actually spills over and helps them understand how exciting it is that they're learning too, which is a great benefit of homeschooling. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. One day she just started watching these YouTube videos on history. And my husband asked her, he, we were coming back from someplace, some out of town trip. And he asked her a question about Napoleon Bonaparte, of all things. And 
she spewed all this, all these facts about Napoleon Bonaparte. And I was like, where did you learn that? We haven't covered that. She said, I studied it myself. Nice. And so, you know, it, if you're excited as the parent about whatever it is, science, history, Bible, especially math, even, even cursive writing, if you're excited about that, then that will spill over to them. Yeah. You know, no matter what it is. If, but if you are, you know, say, Oh, we have to do math again. Oh, we have, you know, no, no, don't. We get to do math today. We get to do history today. You know, just like we get to go to church today. You know, not oh, we have, all in how you position it's it. It's all about how you position it and say it. Absolutely. Well, Terry, we are out of time today, but I want you to tell everyone before we go where they can find you, how they can engage with you, and then kind of what they can look forward to if if this is a path that God has called them to walk. Sure. I am working right now on a ebook to encourage homeschooling people, homeschooling one child. It'll be out this spring, just in time for Teach Them Diligently. Good. Yeah. And I'm working on that. That was a highly requested item at the last Teach Them Diligently. Teach Them Diligently, not Teach Them. (laughs) (laughs) And they can find me at homeschoolingonechild.com. The number um, one is the one part, homeschoolingnumeral1.com, child.com. I forgot who I was for a minute, but um, that's where they can find me. And if they go to the contact page and sign up for my email newsletter, they'll get the PDF of that ebook free of charge when I get it done. Great. Well, that's very exciting. Well, Thank you so much for for being with us today. We're going to make sure all of those links are in the show notes so that people can find you easily. Wonderful. But but yeah, thanks for spending some time with us today, Terry. Thank you, Leslie. Well, you are welcome. And to everyone else, thank you for hanging out with us today. I hope this has been a real encouragement and very eye-opening. You know, we talk all the time about how the Great Commission begins at home and, and you are called to disciple and bring your kiddos to Jesus. That mission doesn't change whether you have one child or whether you have 14 children. You still have the same call on your life. The way that you apply it, the way that you go about it, it's going to look a little bit different based on stage of life and how God has orchestrated your family. But there are so many great resources to help you stay on mission, stay focused on what you're doing. And so I just encourage you to join us at the Homeschooling Parent Summit if you can get there in Georgia. If you are homeschooling one child, make sure that you check out Terry's resources and avail yourself of all of her years of experience and things that she has already worked through. But no matter what the dynamic is within your family, I hope that this is a challenge and encouragement to you to stay on mission, keep bringing your kiddos to Jesus, helping them know to love Him and serve Him with all their heart, soul, and might, like Terry was noting earlier. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long.
I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. 